welcome to Lola Yoga, where I interview my teachers and how they've taught me and who they are. And my hope is that if you listen to this podcast, you'll leave with um, a sense of health and well-being and some new information on how you can take care of yourself by the experience that my teachers have taught me. And so today I have one of my teachers with me. Her name is Sue Bonanno. Welcome, Sue. Thank you. She is a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher and owner of Soul Space. So thanks for coming and thanks for being here. Thanks for being one of my teachers. My honor, my pleasure. <laughs> yes, of course. So tell us a little bit about yourself just to start. Um, a little bit about you know who you are, your mom and a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. And then just your background. Well, that's a big question to ask a meditation teacher. <laughs> who am I? It's like the base question. <laughs> so aside from infinite possibilities, uh, I'll give you sort of the straight talk. Uh, yeah, I'm a mother, wife, soccer mom, uh, former advertising executive, yoga teacher, meditation teacher. But most of all, I just consider myself a student of life mm. so that I can learn things and share things with people that help them be more at ease in their mind and their body. Mm. And so um, you're also a yoga teacher, right? You're mm -hmm. a yoga teacher kind of like first, right? That was like what we talk about. We, talk, we were talking about how that was like your gateway into yes. the mindfulness and the meditation. And so um, how did you come into just your yoga practice? Mm. So I was in a very stressful industry. I grew up in the advertising industry. I worked in Manhattan and I moved to Boston. And I guess I was around 27 and I stumbled into a gym yoga class <laughs> with this wonderful Indian teacher. And she wasn't like all lovey-dovey. She was kind of a strong teacher. And I knew after that, I felt different. Mm -hmm. And I just kept going back because I didn't really like the gym. I didn't like the treadmill. I'm not a runner like you. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt something that mm -hmm. helped me feel better in my body and my mind right and because i was experiencing su such daily stress yeah. with deadlines and um that's just how advertising is mm -hmm. and uh so i got into it that way and then i stumbled into a hot yoga class <laughs> and that was when yeah. the light bulb was shift I love, yeah. I love to sweat. I still teach hot yoga. Mm -hmm. I love to move in the body like that. It had elements of dance and movement. And I was a cheerleader and it all kind of came together yeah. physically first for me, which is very common. Yes. I think for a lot of people. Uh -huh. um, I had always been interested in metaphysical stuff, consciousness. I was reading books about the soul mm. in my early and mid 20s mm -hmm. but i i didn't know where to put that mm -hmm. i just felt like there was something else out there mm. but i ended up coming in physically because mm -hmm. i'm kind of a physical person who mm -hmm. moves and i did that for years and it was just the it was the opposite of my work life and i was very driven professionally yeah um, to the point that I ended up opening my own ad agency and really yeah. going down that path and thinking that was my life. Right. Um, 
but there still was always something yeah that was a little off about it yeah you know and then too stressed and then how did you when was that like so you talked a little bit about like the light bulb and when the light bulb went off specifically for your asana your yoga practice and you've already kind of stated that like you've always kind of been into the metaphysical right like that was something that you knew was like there this higher being this higher consciousness when did you connect that like oh this like physical yoga thing that i'm doing <laughs> connects to right. this this greater idea of consciousness that i know is out there like when did that light bulb go yeah, off for aside, you? aside from the end of class when we lay in shavasana yeah. which is lovely right mm -hmm. um i was in a teacher training with Rolf Gates, my 500-hour training, mm -hmm. and he is a big meditator. And even my original 200-hour training, they had encouraged us to meditate. My teacher there, Richard Lanz, is a big meditator too. Yeah. So it turns out that I did have these yoga teachers that were more skewed toward meditation. And if you study yoga, you'll read the definition of yoga as the stilling of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So Yoga actually is meditation, and as I started to study deeper, I tuned into that idea that, wow, yoga is 5,000 years old. Mm. Yoga is meditation. The postures, the asana of yoga are only 200 years old. Huh. So there are there is 4,800 years of quote-unquote yoga as meditation. You know, the guy sitting yeah. cross-legged with the hand posture, the mm. mudra. And so I was starting to delve into that. And Rolf Gates was making us meditate a lot too. Mm -hmm. And before that, I had dabbled in it. I'd gone in and out. I, had, I was seeking mm -hmm. guidance. I was reading books by Deepak Chopra. Mm -hmm. I was reading, I remember, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Oh, yeah. That that? Book? Yes. <laughs> and this, then he had The Seven Spiritual Laws of Yoga. Yes. And so I was reading some of his content. And he, you know, he's the master of that. Ultimately, I ended up studying with him, mm -hmm. but I was dabbling mm -hmm. and I, I couldn't get it to stick. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd get up early in the morning, put a blanket around me, go to the guest room, and be like, <laughs> I'm going to meditate. <laughs> and then I was cold and tired. I'm like, this, is, this isn't fun. And then I would abandon it and then I'd go back to it. And then I'd be like, okay, well, the conditions are perfect. Now I'm going to meditate. The living room is quiet and I'm going to try it now. And it, it never came that I'd listen to music. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and at that time, there weren't a lot of apps out. There mm -hmm. were not, now there's all these apps and yeah. people can enter in through the apps. Right. But I started to be kind of pushed toward it more mm -hmm. in yoga training. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I was teaching a lot. I was offering yoga trainings. Mm -hmm. And I had ventured out to the Chopra Center just for r and just for my own yeah. sake. I actually put a stake in the ground. I had young children at the time. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going out there for myself just to get a break. Yeah. And that was my first foray into self-care. Now yeah. it's non-negotiable, but at that time it was like, how dare you leave for a week, right? Yeah. And not that anybody was really holding me back. I have a very supportive husband, but I, I was. You feel it. Yeah, totally. I felt that yeah. guilt, and yeah. I should have put myself first, and I have a totally different feeling now. Um, so I went out to the Shope Center, and it is in California, 
and has, it's a longer story, but it just closed oh. after 25 years being there. Oh, wow. So I was so glad that I had the opportunity to study To be there. there. Yeah. Right now, he just does retreats. But I went out there. I experienced four days of complete immersion into meditation, uh, Chopra-style yoga, which mm. is a little less vigorous than hot power yoga that I teach, um, and Ayurveda, which is the sister science of yoga. It's the healing uh, science of life and longevity. Mm -hmm. And it used to be the medical system in India, the medical care system. Oh, wow. And so I was immersed in this for four days and people were talking about concepts and consciousness and how meditation works and what's a normal experience and what you should expect. And my mind was blown mm. and I felt very much at home, very connected to these ideas. Mm -hmm. And I left, went home, and within a month, I said to my husband, like, honey, I think I'm going to be studying out in California, <laughs> like, for the next two years. Yeah. And I had to make several trips, you know, 10-day trips out to the Chopra Center, like, four to five times a year yeah. to complete these courses of studying meditation and Ayurveda. Wow. But it flipped a switch, and once I was given that formal instruction, everything fell into place for me in terms of my personal practice. Right, right. Yeah. And what about, talk a little bit about, because you, you started to talk about it, but this is something that it took me a very long time, probably through you, just, it's probably about four years ago, I started to really hone in on my own meditation practice, mm -hmm. but the form of what I can do, what works for me, is probably different than most people, right? I, but I don't know this to be the case, but this is just what I, I started to do for myself. So really the only two ways that I have realized, it's three really, right? So it's the moving meditation practice of yoga, which mm -hmm. we've established is a form of meditation. Mantra meditation with the mala beads it is, again, that, that like textile, holding something, focusing on one thought, at one moment, one breath, saying that one thing that, or that one phrase that I really want to manifest for myself mm -hmm. is like the second way. And the third way is just- What is the third Yeah, way? like complete <laughs> silence and um, like sitting on the couch and just like not doing nothing. Right. It doesn't have to be me sitting there closing my eyes. As a matter of fact, like, I, I tend to like just kind of keep them open and like just witness and observe. Sometimes it's outside, but it's just, it's the silence aspect. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like four years ago, when I was really experiencing like super bad anxiety and panic attacks, I started to do this. I had 10 minutes was like the most. And then I built up to, it was great, yeah. but like there was one point that I, built up to like 45 minutes and I craved it and I just needed it. I needed that silence. And I often still now today find myself when I'm driving, I don't listen to the radio. When I'm home by myself, there's not a TV on, maybe music, classical music, like in the background, maybe. I prefer silence. Mm -hmm. um, what did you learn? Like when you say like you went through this med amazing meditation teaching experience, mindfulness, um, did they teach you all forms? Like, 
is there a right and wrong way to meditate? Like there are thousands of tactics mm -hmm. and techniques. And so there is no right way in terms of which one you follow. I do believe that it's good to study with a teacher mm -hmm. of some form. So at the show presenter, that was sort of my gateway. So they teach what they call primordial sound meditation, which is a form of mantra meditation. Okay. So you are given a mantra yeah. and the mantra is Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. And everybody says, well, if you're thinking a mantra, isn't that like thinking thoughts, you're not supposed to think thoughts, whatever. So the idea behind a mantra is that it cancels out the thoughts. So it's a thought yeah. that you're given like by your teacher. Yeah. So your teacher might say, you're saying you're thinking so hum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so hum is a classic yes. mantra. It does mean I am, but that's it. Mm -hmm. um, so mantra is the style out of the Chopra Center. Mm -hmm. And it is very closely tied to transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. So that was very big yes. in the 60s, 70s, yeah. early 80s. It's the type of meditation that the Beatles Yes. And they, you know, in the 60s, and they got into it all. And their teacher, and Deepak Chopra's teacher, was a, a yogi meditator called Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And so Maharishi Mahesh Yogi uh, sort of taught this mantra meditation, which traveled west in the form or the quote unquote brand of transcendental meditation, TM. Mm. So a lot of people in Hollywood do it a lot. Yeah. So that is the idea of, of twice a day sitting for 20 minutes and mm. repeating this mantra. Yeah. So Deepak Chopra studied with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi and then he extracted um, sort of a multi-dimensional form of that practice, which he calls primordial sound meditation which is also with a mantra, but the mantras are derived yes. differently in yeah. science to all that. So he combined mantra with other key components of meditation, which you're probably familiar with. Mm -hmm. So self-study. Yes. So in Deepak's meditation, he asks four questions to study the self. Who am I? Mm -hmm. What do I want? Mm -hmm. What's my purpose or dharma? And what am I grateful for? Mm. And so with the gratitude element, he starts to get into shifting your mindset to abundance yeah. and gratitude so that you start to shift the negativity and bias of the brain yeah. from scanning the environment for threat right. to scanning the environment for everything that's good oh, in life. So shifter, game yes. changer. Yeah. Game changer. Yeah. <laughs> Just gratitude alone is a great yeah. game changer. Yeah. So he combines self-study mm -hmm. plus the gratitude plus the mantra mm -hmm. and then he wraps up his style the style that I teach and I'm trained in with intention setting and so you take intentions mm -hmm. and you drop them you drop them into the space of consciousness that you've cultivated there for a good 20 minutes yeah. right so now you're open spacious Maybe your thoughts have settled a little bit or you're, you know, you're going back and forth between thoughts and consciousness, which is sort of the space in between your thoughts. Yeah. And it's all fine. Mm -hmm. And then you come to a place and you say, well, what do I want to do, do with this space? Yeah. And how do I want to intentionally yeah. 
create my life. And so he has four classic ones that we use, but you can use your own. But he starts with the body and he says, joyful, energetic body. And then he moves to the heart, a loving, compassionate heart. Yeah. And then the quality of mind, mm -hmm. a reflective, alert mind. Mm -hmm. And and to the essence of your presence, lightness of being. Mm. And so when I teach that whole meditation, yeah. that is the Chopra meditation. Right. Sound. I love that. I mean, that's yeah. I, I've I've heard you give that meditation. I mean, and, and I, it's always really stuck with me. And I think one of the things that I've started to really discover by sitting down and meditating, whether or not this is the intent, I've actually never really asked you, so you can tell me now, but <laughs> one of the things that I've always kind of noticed is when I spent the silence in 45 minutes, 45 minutes in silence, um, on a regular, I started to notice when I would like allow myself to get up and do that with that clear mind, the path that didn't exist and made me, at one point, I was super like lost and confused and felt super upside down. It became really much more clear mm -hmm. to the point where it almost, it was a choice, but it didn't feel like a choice. It was so clear to me that when I would like come out of just being in silence for that time, oftentimes I found myself setting an intention that in some ways almost would maybe look like a goal, but almost kind of like a here are what my next steps are going to be in order for me to get to what I see myself doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But doing it all with that like openness and clarity of the mind and lightness of being and like the gratitude thing was a game changer for me. I mean, there was definitely a point in time where I felt like whether or not it was my, my, I don't know how I got there. I felt like I was consistently walking through the world wondering what was going to happen to me next, yeah. right? Like yeah. first, and now I don't even think of, I never, it, I never think about it that, now. That is a model of consciousness called victim consciousness. Yeah. So in meditation and through the practice, you start to evolve through different ways, lenses, um, states of consciousness. And when you're moving into a transcendent state where you're transcending thought and persona and personality and identity, mm -hmm. then you move out of victim consciousness. Yeah. And that is that's a key to vibrant living. And that for me, if you said, what's your mission? It's like, I want to teach people how to come into their life in a really healthy, vibrant, mm. intentional way that allows them to live a life of joy and purpose. Yeah. And how do you do that? Well, really like, how do you do that? Well, you meditate first. <laughs> you met and why you said, is this the goal of it? You know, you meditate to become more of yourself. Yeah. And you meditate to be in your own presence. And your presence can be called a lot of things. It can be called consciousness. Mm -hmm. It can be called awareness. It can be called the soul. Mm -hmm. So I'm partial to the soul. I'm a little squishy. I say that. The heart and soul. soul space, maybe. Right. Hands, <laughs> my business. But that there's this space within you, right? Mm -hmm. And that you cultivate 
just by being with it and separating, really understanding the separation between thoughts mm -hmm. and who you really are. That's right. So you're not your thoughts. Everybody will say that, right? You're not yeah. your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And when you're going around thinking, oh, this is happening to me, mm -hmm. then you're you're at the whim of everything outside of you. That's right. But the next level of consciousness is called manifesto consciousness. And so when the world stops happening to you and you start happening to it, yeah. then you're onto something. Yeah. Then you're manifesting things like this podcast, mm -hmm. like a business. <laughs> That's right. You, know, you become this master exactly. manifester based on who you really yeah. are. Yeah. But then it becomes even more interesting yeah so there's other many other levels of consciousness and this is the type of stuff that mm -hmm. you would study with a master teacher but another level would be channel consciousness so this is when you're in the zone mm -hmm. and you feel like stuff is coming through like we're having a conversation now yeah and we're just riffing yeah. off each other and we're in this zone yeah and it's totally at live yeah. right and you feel your knowledge, yeah. your presence, everything that you've done up to this moment mm -hmm. come through you in a coherent, magical, mm -hmm. and almost effortless yeah. way. Totally, totally. And when you're doing that, you're, ch you're channel consciousness. You're allowing yeah. these gifts, this knowledge to come through you in a way that has no friction. Right. It. And why doesn't it have friction? It doesn't have friction because you're not putting thoughts in the way right you're you're not the thoughts create friction mm -hmm. and you're not putting your ego in the way and the ego creates tons of friction yeah so it's part of your consciousness but it should be in service to your soul yeah so your intellect and your ego are fabulous things to have mm -hmm. but the soul should be leading yeah. that's what i was saying like you're your presence, you, the things you know for sure, right? Mm -hmm. That should be leading. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is in service to it. But when you're overthinking something, that's the intellectual mind. Yeah. When you're hurt or doing something for a sense of um, self-importance, yeah. that's the ego leading. Yeah. And when it just feels like this natural state of service, yeah. true service that I am doing this, to try to help somebody That's else right. out because I traveled a path mm -hmm. and I'm hoping that I can help some people with the wisdom that I've gained from my past so they don't have to repeat my mistakes. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or, so, or that I can be a guide for them as they do fumble through their mistakes that, that they essentially will learn is not really a mistake at all, but a lesson, right? That right. like will help them, will or help them grow. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that definitely all those things, when I started to really meditate, it absolutely is what set me. It, it's absolutely the reason why I'm here today. Right. The reason why mm -hmm. I, I, and I've talked to you, we've talked about this, right? Like I, I knew I wanted to write more. I knew I wanted to create more. I knew that my full-time day job wasn't going to get me there. So I left it. <laughs> and then it was like, well, then what are you going to do, Lauren? Right. And I just kept putting out there. I knew what it was I wanted to do. I had no idea how I was going to get there, but I knew. And there are definitely days now where I wake up. Like, don't get me wrong. I still have days where it's like, 
you know, down the other side of the mountain and then back up again, right? Like, yeah, you're human. Yeah, yeah, but for the most part, like, it, my life is completely different than it looked like a year ago, especially two or four. And yet somehow the way that it is now, I know I very purposefully created it to be how it exists today. Right. And I, I see and recognize that if there are aspects of it that I don't like, there is nobody else accountable for that except for me. Right. I don't think that my whole life I've always viewed it that way. Right. I think we view it like a plan. You you and I are both business people (laughs) and we're like, just put the business plan together and just do the, have the schedule and the action steps. And if you do that, you'll, you'll be happy. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that is where many people get caught up that we have been trained by society, by our upbringing, by our families, that this is the definition of success. Mm. And okay, go to school, get good grades, go to college, you know, maybe you meet somebody, maybe you get married, maybe you have your 2.5 kids, you buy your house, you have your car, maybe you get your puppy, yeah. right? <laughs> a couple of dogs, it's great. Yeah. And then you turn around one day and you say, I've been going so hard. That's right. And usually people don't have the epiphany without some challenge. Mm-hmm. So something fails, your health fails, yeah. a relationship blows up, something wakes you up, mm-hmm. you have a, a loss, you have something, mm-hmm. and you start to say, what else is there? That's right. And you start to define that from within yeah. versus from without. Mm-hmm. And that's why meditation is important because it connects you to your individual consciousness that has been expressed from the gross consciousness. Yeah. So we all are manifestations as humans, mm-hmm. as incarnated people mm-hmm. of a larger consciousness. Now, whatever your religious belief is, we we all have to admit that we don't know how the hell we got here. Yeah. We have no idea. <laughs> so there's something. Yeah. And when you start to embrace the fact that you're a unique expression of that something. Yeah. And when that something starts to sense, ooh, I get to express myself through this person in this way, mm-hmm. that's when things start to feel totally integrated. Yes. You become an integrated being where yeah. the heart, mind, the physical body, everything is is flowing. Mm-hmm. That's what flow state is, mm-hmm. that we're energy. We're yeah. energetic yeah. beings. I was going to say that to you. So, and I, the other thing that like really shifted it for me, you know, that I really when I really started to like believe, oh yeah, we are totally energy is when I got Reiki certified. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, what's that, that, what do they do when they like, they align, they align your, um, like your chakras, I think. Right. right? And they, they really kind of like bless you essentially. Yeah, it's, to, I it's the indoctrination. Yes. It's, um, that process. Yes. Right. So that's when you really like essentially, and I remember my Reiki teacher said to me, like, you are just a funnel of the energy. And the more that you can allow that energy just to flow through you, the more you will understand it. And so my meditation happened first, the Reiki happened second. And now I feel like when I put things out into the universe, I 
some without any rush, without any agenda, without any like I need this to happen by blank mm-hmm. time frame. Somehow they automatically it happens. Right. Well, the universe it will serve up according to your intention. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a teacher that says you know be careful about your I am statements mm. because what follows your I am is going to come looking for you. Hmm. So if you say, I'm tired all the time, then that's going to come looking for you. If you say, I'm energized, I'm on the path. Yeah. Um, I have a client who was diagnosed with uh, cancer because so, I do some private coaching. Yeah. And so we're working really the mental gymnastics of affirmation to say, you don't have cancer. Yeah. You, you're, not a, you're not a victim of cancer. You are a being, a person on the road to healing. Yeah. So you may not be healed. Let's not get, we don't want to get extreme and unrealistic, okay? You're not healed yet, but you're on the road, you're on the road to healing. Mm-hmm. So whatever you say, mm-hmm. the, the universe is going to organize around that. Yeah. And that, you know, Deepak Chopra talks about that a lot. That, that is the infinite organizing power of consciousness. Yeah. And when I opened Soul Space, yep. so my studio, I opened it about 15 months ago, mm-hmm. and I never intended that it wasn't something that people like did you want to open yeah. did you always dream of that was this your dream come true i'm like no <laughs> um, it just is the vehicle mm-hmm. for what i was putting out there so right. what was i putting out there i was putting out you have to meditate everybody's got to meditate because mm-hmm. i had gained so much from this practice of becoming still understanding myself being grateful mm-hmm. and then really knowing what I was about, what I stand for. Yeah. And a lot of that was love and service. And people were saying, we need to hear more of you. We need to be with you more. Mm. Yoga studio, what didn't have that, um, that container right. for long meditation yeah. talks and one-on-one coaching and things like that. So I realized I had to have a brick and mortar location to actually have people at. Yeah. And so once I sort of said, okay, I'll do this, uh, everything opened up. So the universe lined up. I was driving down the street. I looked up at a sign, said for rent. It was in my hometown. I went in. I'm like, oh. And he said, we just put the sign out today. He's like, you're the first inquiry. And so it still took me a month to look at other places and whatever. But I ended up back at that place and then two or three people were like, oh, I know a good contractor. I know a good contractor. I got three phenomenal contractors who did bids on the space because I'm not that crazy. I did, I did it like a business person, yeah. right? So I, I was logical and moving forward. But I got three competitive, awesome bids and I just picked the one that the guy I liked the best, right? I liked them all. I was like, who likes all the contractors, right? (laughs) And he did a phenomenal job and he's still doing, helping me out with stuff. And the place just materialized. Mm. And then my first day open, I had an open house Mm -hmm. and I had no idea what What was going to happen. That's right. I was prepared for no one to come. Yeah. I was mentally prepared. I was prepared for a lot of people to come mm-hmm. I kind of envisioned it full yeah but I did I really didn't know because this not business model of a studio space where you sort of like a yoga studio but for meditation mm. it really didn't exist no. so I, I didn't know mm-hmm. but I knew that this was what I 
needed to do, have a space for people to go to, to come to. Right. And that day, hundreds of people yeah. float through the space. Yeah. And every one of the classes we taught that day was busting out. Oh, like, I remember. It was like yeah. chairs and cushions yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Right? It was amazing. Yeah. And I just allowed for that to come through me. And yeah. all the people showed up. Yeah. This You're going on a year, right? Yes. So when is your one year? It was back in November. Okay. Wow. So, that went yeah. fast, Sue. I know. So you had a year back in November, but you talk a little bit about like all the things you have going on in the space because it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. And you've done Yeah, yeah. There. You're yep. going to be do launching oh, workshops yes. this oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm excited about it. <laughs> so um, we have classes. First of all, we have classes and the idea behind Soul Space, first of all, is that it's a community space mm -hmm. that you can actually go to where the distractions are minimized, right? And we have chairs so you can be comfortable. We have floor cushions. So it's it's comfortable. And above all, it's welcoming, it's kind, it's loving. Mm -hmm. um, you can be received, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you can drop everything. So how it feels is one thing. Then you show up and there's a class schedule. So there are classes where you're instructed. You're taught about what to expect. You're mm -hmm. taught about um, what might happen. You're explained, things are explained to you about what meditation is and what it isn't. Because yeah. there are a lot of misconceptions. Yeah. People think it's clear mind and blue sky mind yeah. and all this stuff. And it's really not. It's a very active, alert practice of sitting yeah. and paying attention on purpose to the anchor. And so we have different types of classes. One, the anchor would be mantra, the silent mantra that you repeat. Another might be breath, mm -hmm. focusing on the breath. That's more for the Buddhist tradition. Yeah. Another one might be sound. So mm -hmm. we have sound bowls. I play the sound bowls. I've spent quite a bit of time studying with Ashana, yes. who is a sound bowl master. So I'm really into sound healing and sound bowls because that's another mm -hmm. energetic practice. Um, what about Nidra? Yeah. Nidra is another. Yoga Nidra yeah. we offer as a workshop. We mm -hmm. also have a chill class, which is like Yoga Nidra light. Yeah. So you lay down. You lay down. Mm -hmm. You recline. Mm -hmm. It's you blankets, high pillows, and you're given a full body scan relaxation. Yeah. And so this is um, based on mindful, uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction and BSR. The, yes. These practices have been studied. They're out there. But we offer classes so you can come experience them right. because otherwise before a space like this what I was struggling with was that I was going out to California to the Chopra Center or traveling to a Buddhist contemplative center and that is pretty intimidating of course and I'm a yoga teacher and yeah. I'm like into all that yeah but for the average person mm -hmm. like, wow if mm -hmm. I'm adventurous and willing to step in but they might not be that's right this is a very welcoming mm -hmm. easy space to step into and it also overcomes sort of the people who are interested in yoga but they're afraid of yoga yeah like i'm not flexible i'm not this the same yes. you know but they're willing to come in to a meditation space somehow mm -hmm. so there's all different types of people that come different types of classes and then we have workshops and that's what i bring in outside yeah. teachers so i have a core group of teachers that i've trained mm -hmm. and then i have guest teachers like yourself who mm -hmm. come in and they teach what they know right 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 they grow themselves through our space and that's what i love like everybody who's offering a workshop it's their 
baby. Yeah, yeah. It is a topic that they are passionate about, mm -hmm. that they've studied, that they've invested in, and they're bringing it through soul space. Yeah. So we have a workshop on vulnerability. Yes, I know. Yeah, so we have excited. a workshop on the Four Agreements book. Yeah. And the teacher, Lauren Durso, is mm -hmm. coming in, and she's talking about that book yeah. and offering a whole other level of teachings on top of just reading the book. That's right. So we have that. We have yoga nidra mm -hmm. workshops. I do a lot of sound healing workshops myself. Mm -hmm. And then we have trainings. So we train meditation teachers. Um, we I have my level two is launching next fall. Okay. I have a level one program that I've run 50 people through. So wow. there are 50 meditation teachers in Massachusetts running around <laughs> offering classes. And they're they're offering these classes to friends at yoga studios. And I'm really excited about that because yeah. it's giving people a chance to be exposed to this mm -hmm. um, by people who've been trained and who can explain it and who can answer questions about like, is this normal? Yeah. Like, what happens if this happens? And all of these experiences, because we've all been meditating, we all have strong personal practices. Yeah. We have a, a whole experience among us that adds up to a lot of knowledge. Mm -hmm. We have the knowledge of the teachers that we've studied with, mm -hmm. the teachers who became before us, which our whole podcast was kind of about. Absolutely, about yeah. The teachers whose collective knowledge flows through us. Mm -hmm. And this is a long, 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 long history. It's a lineage. Thousands of years. Absolutely. And so it's beautiful. Yeah. Right? And time-tested. Yeah, that's right. So that's what we do there. I love it. <laughs> and then so I know that there's like more, right? Like, so we are a lot alike in that it's like the manifestation of like what's what's next and so I know you've been working on like what's to come do you want to yes. give us a little yeah, <laughs> insight I, I think what I've been challenged by so my challenge has led to this evolution right the challenge the the stuck point the friction so what's happening is that everybody's booking a lot of private mm. meetings with me I do Ayurvedic consulting meditation a lot of um healthy living through ancient practices right mm -hmm. so herbs meditation yoga and I don't have any more time mm -hmm. I'm one person right and groups have been coming in and saying okay a corporate group will come in or oh, wow. um I've had like the assistant district attorney's office coming off their staff lawyers and counselors and state troopers and people coming through yeah uh, I've done corporate uh, sessions for ever so wars. Mm -hmm. People coming in groups. Pe people wanting access, mm -hmm. right? And my yoga students saying, you know that thing that you talked about for five minutes in yoga <laughs> class? Like, do you have that on video? Do you have that? Yeah. Do you have videos? Like, I want to just be be with you mm -hmm. and more. Mm -hmm. And they also want to meditate at home. Yes. They can't always get into the studio. So where we're going is not because I want to create this specific thing, but because I need a channel in any way mm -hmm. to reach people more broadly. Mm -hmm. uh, plus, I have friends in France, and they're like, I would do your stuff, but you're not here, yes. right? So I'm launching a YouTube channel cool. within the next month, um, which will have a range of things, but it'll be focused on meditation as the vehicle for wellness mm. and how that attaches to healthy eating, mindful movement, 
good sleep hygiene, all of the healthy it. things, right? Yeah. Um, so there'll be a YouTube channel and I'm going to be offering online uh, training modules. Oh, wow. So for certain aspects of meditation, aspects of wellness, so little five, 10 session trainings that you could tap into, play for 15 minutes a day and really immerse yourself in different topics so that will be coming attached to the website soulspacemeditation.com awesome yeah. awesome okay so then the last two questions that i ask all of my teachers um who are your teachers mm. <laughs> um, so i have like three categories of teachers so first category are big figures that i look up to so the dalai lama pema chodron mother Teresa. so i call them like avatars so when you're in a life situation you kind of say what would the dalai lama say <laughs> how would the dalai lama react to this yeah, yeah. and it actually gives me guidance yeah. it really does uh love and kindness and you're like okay yes that's what they would do and that's what i'll do mm -hmm. and then i have my actual teachers so my root teachers are deepak chopra of course my meditation teacher and rolf gates who is both my uh, yoga and meditation yeah. teacher. I became yeah. a teacher because I read his book mm -hmm. and it changed my life. Mm. And so he's amazing. And then of course, um, my children, mm -hmm. especially teenagers, huge teachers, <laughs> every relationship I have, my marriage, yeah. my immediate family, and every, my dogs and every four-legged creature out there. Yeah. I think we have something that we can learn well, I've, I mean, just in the last three weeks of my life, I've learned that with my, with my puppy. So I, I understand that. Yes, he is precious. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then your favorite quote? Yeah, so I have two of those, but the one that, that I tend to quote most would be, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. I love that one. Oh my goodness. And it's just, I think if you really keep your head there mm. and you, you stay on mission mm. and you stay with service and kindness. And then of course, I will say silence is golden. <laughs> <laughs> and I also think the more important to be nice is also how, how you view yourself, but then it can also be like how you can view others with the positive intention, right? Yes. Always with the I'm going to leave with the thought of positive intention first. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you for being one of my teachers. I've learned Thank so much. <laughs> of course, I've learned so much from you. And um, I'm, I am really excited to um, just continue on this journey and be on this path with you. Like, I feel so grateful to, to know you and um, to be in a classroom with you whether it's practicing practicing asana or you know being at soul space and meditating with you but i have always um i've always just felt like this this connection and kismet with you so Likewise. yeah i love you and thank you so much for being here my pleasure <laughs> truly an honor and pleasure awesome